Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Feral Audio. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Todd Berry Podcast. It's New Year's Eve, which would never stop me from doing a podcast. I've been doing a podcast every New Year's Eve since, I'd say, 1994. <laughs> nah, I got Joe DeRosa here who's in town. Brief window of opportunity. Saw him last night. Figured, why not? Why not? See if he wants to do the podcast so I can bank another one. <laughs> Then go on vacation. You got to bank these things. You got to bank them. Thanks for having me. I was honored that you had me. I guess I had. I tried to get you before, and then you got a job. I got a job right for the Pete Holmes show. The Pete Holmes show. I was honored the first time you asked me to do it, and then yesterday when you said again, you got to do it. I was honored again, and then when you were like, "Let's do it on a holiday," it's like the it's like triple honors. It's here. like it's like winning three Academy Awards. <laughs> It's like we're winning an Academy Award, an Emmy, and a Grammy. Yes, yeah. In the same night. It feels good. This is how Tom Hanks felt when he got that Forrest Gump one after Philadelphia. Yeah, that was a... a, Did you see Philadelphia? Yeah. I saw that. I was on a flight. I think I was international. And they had a channel where we had every international... Every Oscar winner for the past 25 years. So I watched Philadelphia for uh, for the first time. But there was some funny parts that were unintentionally funny where, like, they really hit it hard, like... Who was it? Denzel Washington? Yeah, like he's in that pharmacy and he gets hit on like <laughs> twice. Like, ooh, I'm learning about gay people. Uh, just. <laughs> yeah, twice in one pharmacy trip. I don't. Yeah, if I remember correctly, it was just a little. Over, it was a little over the top, but it was a good movie. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, um, I had a joke recently where I referenced that movie and it got me. I was talking to people a lot about the movie because I was like, do you think people would get this reference? Mm-hmm. And then, um, surprisingly, a lot of people didn't. I thought that was like classic cinema stuff. But uh, I was, I started talking about the movie. And I was like, you know what? In hindsight, not as... It's a little heavy-handed. Yeah, like, it's a little like that. You wouldn't act... Like, remember, like, Denzel gets so mad at that guy in the pharmacy. And it's like, dude, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> he just asked you to get, like, a beer. Yeah. You know, and he's like, he's like verbally gay bashing the guy. It's like, dude, you're on TV with this major trial where you're representing a <laughs> right, gay guy. They had, to hit, they had to let you know, see, he's conflicted. He is. He is. They should have had me rewrite that one. <laughs> Don't you think I should? They should remake Philadelphia. How would you remake it? I would, just, you? I would lose that one scene. <laughs> I would That's put like it. one. I would put like one little slight thing where they show he's homophobic, but then, well, do it as the homophobic guy. Like show him like uncomfortable. You can't yeah. have him be the angry homophobic right. guy because then it's just like Jesus, dude. Like this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Did you see Dallas Buyers Club? No. Yeah, because I mean that was 
that was a good movie, but I also thought it's like he just makes this magical transformation from like total, complete homophobic extreme to like this activist. I was like, I know it's based on a true story, but I just wonder if it was if he was that bad. I didn't see the film. Uh, I thought he got. I thought he contracted HIV from gay sex. They That's- never showed. I shouldn't spoil alert it. I don't. Re- never mind. <laughs> I don't recall in the movie. I'm lying right now. Whether they covered how he. They seem to imply that he got it from having sex with women. Really? Yeah, because he was quite. He was, you know, fucking people everywhere. Just. Just have an unstoppable yeah, yeah, sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was a very sexual guy who had lots of sex. Okay. Was, I don't know. Is that a spoiler alert? I don't think No, so. no. I actually went on the Wikipedia page and read that they never, in real life, the real guy, they never confirmed how he contracted it. But I assumed, because in the trailers, he, that he's friends with the like transsexual guy, Jared Leto plays. Oh, yeah. Well, that comes. Later. That comes in his transformation. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought that's how it opened. Was them as pals. <laughs> <You thought he's, laughs> he's homophobic, yet he's best friend. <laughs> transsexual. Mm-hmm. He's a complicated man. Or maybe heroin is how he got it, I thought. And, you know, at this point, you should just see the movie. Cause, I feel like it's ruined. I, I, feel ruined like, it. did, I hope I, I would never ruin a movie for anyone. I hope I didn't ruin it for anyone. But I don't think I did. Um, I've ruined some movies for people. Really? Know? Yeah. Oh, no. Don't do that. Um, when I saw... Uh, <laughs> I feel like you're about to do it right now. No, I'm not going to do it. I can't I can't even remember the movie now. I saw a movie once that I hated so much that I would go on stage and say what the end was. Really? Just because I, I thought it was such a piece of shit movie. Wow. I kind of... Do I want to know the name of this? this I, is, I, I'm not the, usually this negative on my show. <laughs> <laughs> I usually leave names out. I leave trashing people out, but I am curious. I honestly don't remember what the movie was. I wish I did. This is a lousy story because I can't yeah. remember the name of the movie. And people are going to be like, come on. They'll, they'll come up to you on the street. I don't know if you remember that. Since you last talked, do you remember the name of that movie? <laughs> did it ever come back to you, the name of that movie? God, I wish I could remember. You were talking about movies last night on stage. We were both did shows at Gotham Comedy Club. That crowd was good. They were good. I was so mad at myself. I ended with that brand new thing about George Lucas who wasn't ready. Well, I mean, how are you going to get it ready unless you do it, right? I shouldn't have closed with it, but I started it and the light went on. I was like, well, I can't bail on it It now. It didn't seem like, I mean, it didn't seem like, oh, what's he doing up there? Okay. I mean, it just seemed like you ended. Oh, well, that makes me feel good, actually. It just seems like you had a set that wasn't as good as mine. It seemed like, compared to me, you kind of bombed. I mean, that's all it seemed like to me. Um, do you remember that? Well, do you want to talk about Gotham? I was going to give you a big compliment. Okay, yeah. Let's let's make sure my levels are right here. Okay, that's. <laughs> let's check the mic again. He's about to give me a compliment. Am I laughing too loud for the thing? I don't think so. Because I laugh real loud. This, this podcast is not known for its sound quality. So, oh, good. If it if it distorts, it distorts. That's not oh, what bro. they're saying out west. <laughs> they're saying it's they talk. They're saying, wow, that is the slickest <laughs> podcast. <laughs> He must record that in a studio somewhere like that. Um, that was the compliment you um, <laughs> I love that you didn't forget. Yeah. The, uh, the comment was, I saw you... Uh, well, we did a show at um, the Bowery Poetry Club uh-huh. together once. I think it was that show... Uh, Sacapuntas. Yeah, I was going to say Sassafras. Yeah, Sacapuntas. We did that show together once, and... 
um, you did a set of all crowd work. Yeah. And you were killing. You were killing so hard. And then, like, you, in the last, like, minute, you were like, you were like, 11 minutes of killing. Not one fucking joke told yet. Like, you, you called it out, but that made it even funnier and even better that you called out, like, like, I know what the fuck I'm doing right now. And it's working, and it's great, and it was really funny. That's, I think that's the best crowd work set anyone's done at the Poetry Club. <laughs> it might have been the best crowd work set I've ever seen. Well, you know I did a whole tour of crowd work. Did you really? Yeah, we don't have to talk about it. Two tours. You did two tours? Two crowd work tours. Are you kidding? Yeah. You're, you are I'm kidding? I'm not kidding. No, you're not I'm, kidding. Yeah. So you did... No, I didn't know that. Yeah. What, what? So the, the whole premise was I'm going to go out and just did, do crowd work. Yeah, I just did seven cities, and I did entire shows of crowd work. How long would you do? Some nights, I, I did the longest shows of my life. Like, I did hour and 45 some nights. Really? Yeah, which is crazy. It does. It is crazy, but it, it's, it takes longer to do crowd work, so it, time flies. Yeah, yeah. Time do- flies when you're doing a set that's too long. <laughs> when you're being self-indulgent, time really, it flies. It flies. <laughs> well, here's my, que- here's my two questions. All right. Did you, A... Get, was it a slow start at the beginning of the tour? Did Was there a learning curve, or did you just... Yeah, there was a little bit of a... Well, I can't I don't know if it was a slow start. Let's not, you know, rip into me that hard. <laughs> but as, you know, as you do it, you kind of go, oh, okay, I can see how, to, how I can get the show going. Okay. But also the crowds were into it, which was... I mean, I don't know if you could just drop me into any club and have me do that. But, but when it's advertised that way, and it's crazed Todd Barry fans... Yeah, your fans want to see it. Yeah. They're excited. You're talking to yeah, them. That's, that's great. The most part of one well. Was here's my second question. This is the B question. Was <laughs> it hard to get off? Meaning clothes, like get a big enough thing. Yeah, to get well, off? that was the thing where I, I got self conscious because I was like, I don't know what I'm closing on. Uh-huh. Um, this is the crowd work police on their way. <laughs> it's too good. And they they got to uh, shut it down. They um. So at some point, I go, you know, just end. You know, you try to get the big laugh, right? But kind of go alright I've done a long time and I'm done now because right. you're not going to have like a huge build up oh man this must be his closer because you don't know what you're going to do right yeah but so you've got this job writing for Pete Holmes <laughs> there it is <laughs> smooth <laughs> a, was that smooth I didn't want to just keep talking about my, my own set I was so interested but yeah we can talk about the Pete Holmes thing when I do your podcast when you do mine We'll also talk about your crowd work. You still do a podcast after I try to talk you out of it later. (laughs) Um, Um, Yeah, I I got a job right for the Pete Holmes show. How did you get that job? Well, Pete called me, and they were already kind of going. He called me, and he said, we uh, want to hire another writer, and I'd like it to be you. But but there's a couple producers that still need to see... Your stuff. Yeah. So uh, I still did a packet and everything. It was really fast. It was it was weird. He called me on a Tuesday. I was in LA. He called me on a Tuesday, and t- and told me here's the deal, or on a Monday night, excuse me, and told me here's the deal. I, I, he goes, and by the way, if you start, you know, it's going to be quick. And I go, okay. And he goes, you'd have to get the packet back to us by Wednesday. You won't have like a week to work on this. And I was like, so how many days did? They sent it to me Tuesday morning. So you had like less than six days to... No, no. A day. Okay. It had to be... Oh, Tuesday before the Wednesday. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got it on Tuesday morning and I sent it back at 5 p.m. that day. I like just... I was like, this is such a time crunch. I I almost feel like it's better because you can... All you can do is go... 
This is all I only had today. Yeah, well, so this is what you're gonna get, and I hope it was, you like it. It was best case scenario, I thought, because I was like, this is the most pressuresome I would ever have to probably write. If you had a month to do it, you would just be agonizing over it every day. Exactly. Possibly. So let's do a pre. And I was like, I'm gonna get back to him today. I'm not gonna take till tomorrow. And I wrote it. I sent it back. I got on a plane that night at 8 p.m. I flew home to New York. On th- he said, we'll let you know by Friday. On Thursday, he called me. And he goes, this is funny. He goes, I have some bad news. And I was like, no. forget it, dude. It's fine. He's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, Pete, I get it. Like, we're friends. You don't have to sugarcoat it. I wasn't right for the gig. And he's like, no, 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 no. And he's going, no, no, no. And I'm going, Pete, it's fine. I got it. Don't worry about it. And he goes, no, Joe, Joe, I have some bad news. Cancel your, you're going to have to cancel your road dates. You got the job. And I was like, oh, and he goes, I'm sorry for doing the bit. I thought it'd be funny with him. It's the old, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, misdirection, I'm about to give you good news thing. Yeah, so, and then he goes, you start Monday. So the timeline again was, Tuesday he calls you. Monday night he called me. Tuesday they sent the packet. Like, it was like questions to do 10 monologue jokes, too. It was, it was right, a 10 joke monologue. God. Write three jokes for this bit that we do. Write three jokes for this other bit that we do. Come up with a couple ideas for studio bits, and then write like a fleshed out sketch premise. It was, shit. it was a lot. You do that in like eight hours. I ripped that shit. I also had a huge audition that day. <laughs> I did it in like four hours. Really? I was like, I was like they feverishly should, writing. Like they should scale that down. Like, how about you gave me twelve hours notice? Why not? How about five monologue jokes <laughs> and two other ideas and. Take a chance, since Pete already said you like me. Let's he barter, liked. guys. Let's what deal. What was the audition for? Tracy Morgan show. Oh, he's got his own show coming. He's got a show coming out called. Actually, I don't know if I'm allowed to say anything about All what right, it's called, but yeah, he's got it. a show coming out apparently that I auditioned for. <clears throat> was it good? The script is really funny. I didn't get a callback, but I did get the writing job. Yeah, I figured one of these things has to come through. So then you had to book. They, did they book your flight? Uh. I, I, I flew out on that Sunday, like Thursday. They hired me, and I flew out Sunday to L.A. And you were going to do with my nothing. Podcast I was going to do your podcast that Monday. Oh my god! I, that's I had the real. Did, that's Bill Burr's you. wedding was that Sunday. I had to miss his wedding. Really? Yeah, yeah. One of my well, best he pals. He got married here. He got married in Boston. Oh, was he angry? No, he was. He was. He sounded a little disappointed, but he understood. He yeah. was like, "What am I going to tell you? Not to come come to my wedding and don't take your writing? Yeah, go, yeah. dude. What are you, an idiot?" Um, and I would have. That's what I would have done either way. Even if he had screamed at me, I would have just said, "Sorry, man." I gotta. <laughs> and truthfully, if you didn't get the job, you'd be like, "I'm so upset. I got the job. I don't want to come to your wedding and bum you out." <laughs> either way, I was never going to come to your wedding. <laughs> so then you flew out the Sunday. Yeah. So you would, did they book you flight or did you just? Um, I don't know why I'm asking such a because that's what I ask about travel. <laughs> that's what I do on this podcast. They made they, it was it was an easy it was an easy. And you had nowhere to live. I had nowhere to live. They I didn't a, put you up for like a few days. Well, I had a place to stay. It wasn't like I showed yeah. up with suitcases and I had nowhere to go. Pete was like, "You can still live with me if you need to for a little while," and I was like, "No, no, no, I yeah, got since it." Since you hired me on six minutes notice, man. <laughs> I got a, I mean, it, it's such, here's the thing, like, it, it was, it's such a new show, like, it's still such a new thing, um, and I'm still hoping that, we don't even know yet if we're going again How many episodes did you do? We did 28 episodes. Really? But it was so new, and it was like this new, 
you know, sort I read of a good review of it. I, I hate to show. say that I never watched it because Pete Holmes and I are tight. No, we're not tight. But I'd well, like you guys to seem like no, we're friends. House. Of course, we're friends. Yeah, I just thought it'd be funny to say we're tight. But he's yes, we're friends. Right. Yes. How is he to work for? Is he a nightmare? He seems like he'd be good to work. I mean, it's horrible. No. I'm pretending yeah, yeah, he's in great. the room and I'm kind of taking jabs at him, <laughs> but he's not in the room. But I'm sure it'll get back. To no, me. it's 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 what. I, that's the thing with podcasts anymore. Everybody takes every like somebody would take this clip and it would say Todd Barry trashes Pete Holmes. Todd Barry says Pete Holmes is horrid, and then you'd listen, and then you go, "Oh my god!" and you click on it because you want to hear it, and then you'd be like, "Oh, he made a joke." Right? Like, wouldn't it be ridiculous if he was hard? Yeah. And then, it's so shitty. Anyway, uh, he's apps, uh, and I'm not just saying this because he's one of my close friends. Uh, and my boss, he is an absolutely wonderful boss. I would think he would be. Wonderful. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine Pete Holmes being like a tyrant. No, his energy is great. He's always smiling. He's always laughing. And it trickles down to everybody. Like everybody from him to like the writers, to the camera guys, to the producers, to the wardrobe people. Everybody is like so happy and smiling. I was doing warm-up a couple a couple days a week, uh, some of the tapings every week. I would do warm-up and the crew guys would come up to me. And go, we love your warm up, man. It's so funny and stuff. Like it's oh, like such a supportive environment. Right. Like when they're telling the warm up guy, great. You know what I mean? Like that means like they're supporting the show. You know, they right. they loved it. They loved Pete. They thought he was hilarious. They Matt McCarthy. Like everybody involved with the show. What was Matt McCarthy doing? Matt's like the he's like a, the like the primary, I guess, actor as you. As you'd call it on the show, like okay. he's in most of the sketches and things like that, and and you know, anytime there's a sketch or something, Matt's usually the. And who else is writing on? <clears throat> um, well, Pete and Oren Bremer, who's the, I know Oren Bremer. Yeah, you know yeah. Oren. We're tight. No, yeah, no, yeah, Bremer. you guys are tight. Uh, they they obviously contribute and write a lot of stuff, um, but then the actual writing staff is there's about five of us. Nate Fernald, do you know him from Team Submarine? Do you know Nate? I don't think so. He's a good kid. Jamie Lee. I know Jamie. She, Jamie's she's funny. Yeah, she's great. Uh, this guy Eric Legend, who oh, I oh Eric know, Legend. Wait, is he? He's sorry for Fallon. Is it the same? Oh Eric, I know. Yeah, I did. I did a movie he made. Oh, were you in that movie? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. I think I was anally raped in that movie <laughs> by a woman. Eric's a good dude. He's a really good dude. He's really funny. Yeah, he's a nice guy. I had met him once when he was at Fallon, and then he's our head writer. So um, who else is there? One, two, hold on. Eric, there's five of us. Eric, Nate, Jamie, that's three. Me, that's four. Adam Stein is the fifth guy. And he's a guy, he used to write for It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, he's not a comic. I think he's the only one that has no stand-up background. I don't, th- actually, wait, did Adam do stand-up? I don't know. If he did, sorry. I asked if he was There's too, another was YouTube clip. Yeah, Stein. Oh, Adam Stein. Stein. Funny, I made a funny joke that you just... You pretended I didn't. Make- I, I make fun of him about that all the time. Really? <laughs> yeah. George's name is. Yeah, it's the most George last name I've ever heard. So you, so they're deciding whether to renew that show. Uh yeah, we're waiting to hear, waiting to hear if it gets another pickup. So we'll see. Wow. What are you gonna do? Did you ever write for a show? I have. I've written for like the VMAs, the Video Music mm-hmm. Awards, about six or five or six times. Uh, I've written. I wrote a little bit for the Sarah Silverman show. A few weeks, a few months, maybe, mm-hmm. and then I, I, there was a time I contributed some monologue jokes to Conan when I knew writers there and they would need 
They're like, we need a joke on this. And I, right. I, so I sold a few. And then uh, a couple other things. But I'm too much of a great live performer. I can't be writing all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I know. I'm a powerhouse performer. Did you, uh, did you get to go on stage while you were writing? Yeah. Uh, oh, you besides the warm-up? Well, you know what? I didn't... I, I could have done a lot more than I did. I was very... I was so like this was my first like full time writing gig. I'd done like some event show writing, yeah, but it was three days here or a week there, two weeks there, or whatever. But this was the first time I had to be in like locked in for weeks, and it was like a full time <coughs> job. So I I kind of backed away from stand up to get acclimated. Right. If we get picked up again, it's going to be much more of a balance of like working in the day and then going out and doing the. Because he liked doing the sets. I love doing the sets. I mean, Todd, you know, comedy is my first love. <laughs> Stand-up's my first love. She's my lady. I like doing it, you know? Do you, uh... Let's talk about this album. Someone was telling me I should have researched this, but it's more fun to... <laughs> it's weird to research someone you know. I'm going to do research on this guy sure. for 15 years. You released an album recently. Now, did you release... I heard... The story I heard was that you had a really good show, and then you had a really... Like a rough crowd? Yeah. And you released that as like a bonus? Yeah, yeah. What happened was... Um, <clears throat> We were recording, we had two recording times or whatever blocked. Here's, here's what happened. I can't fucking talk sometimes. That's Sorry. all right. We went down to Atlanta uh, to the Laughing Skull to, to do the album. We had like four nights there or something. It was um, the final four weekend and it was happening in Atlanta. And there was a giant music <laughs> festival happening. Car too. racing, isn't it? Final four? Basketball. Basketball. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Oh my God! I really thought I was like I'm asking something I totally know the answer to, and I didn't know the answer. <laughs> I probably had I thought about that another five minutes. Did you really think it was car racing? If her, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I did, but I know I know that the Final Four is basketball. I just I didn't know it. It's not locked into my brain. That's fine, but the now o- it is for sure. The only reason I'm laughing is because I know nothing about sports, okay, good. and I was like I'm like laughing like Oh, thank God, there's somebody else like yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Needless to say, we got killed on the numbers, and it was just, it, it's not even that big of a club. No, and it was just, like a 75 just, seater. Yeah, we, I got slaughtered, though. They, you know, it's it's just, still hard to sell, even that. I mean, when you got something like that going on, and the traffic, it probably fucked up traffic. It was the Final Four, and there was a huge free music festival happening all weekend in town. Right. And then outdoor thing, and it was springtime. It was, spring was just hitting. And then also, the Laughing Skull had had their comedy festival the week before that. Yeah. So it was like everything that could have been burnt out right. was burnt the fuck out with right. this. All you need is like a national tragedy to happen. Oh, my God. I forgot to turn my mail off. Oh, boy. I just got an email, but I'm going to shut this off now. So we got what happened finally, ultimately, was we we had good shows, but we were just like, this just isn't like, it's not the energy we need for an album. Like, And then one night it was it was packed. And I was like, okay, here That's we go. That's a lot of pressure, man, when you're like, oh, I got this like do or die one night. Yeah. It was, was it the last show of the... It was the late show Saturday. So it was the last show of the run? Or? No, we had a show Sunday, okay. too. And I was like, okay, here we go. This is it. We're going to get it. This is amazing. I went on stage, and um, it was the drunkest, <sighs> rowdiest, like most combative audience ever. That's always weird when that happens in a place that's like 75 seats. You're yeah, like, it was crazy. Really, you just cutting loose here in the 75 seater, dude. It felt like it felt like being up in front of. It felt like being up in front of like a bachelorette party and a Christmas party, in like fucking 
you know, like in a, in a, like a casino or something. Right. Like I don't know how that club and that city and that part of that city could could house this kind of energy. Like it just didn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Because um, it's like sort of an artsy room and it's kind of an artsy part of town, I guess. And what I don't know. It just didn't make sense. But anyway, these people came in. They were shit faced drunk. And I did 60 minutes and got through like three bits. It was all crowd work. It was me just battling them the whole time. And I ended on a, I, I somehow did like some weird crowd work callback and actually got off of like on a, on a nice pop. Yeah. That felt like it came in a weird way full circle. And I walked off stage and I went up to Jason, the producer, and I go, dude, that's it. That's the album. I want that to be the album. And, uh, he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I was like, I want that to be the album. Nobody's ever put out that as an album. And I'm a big fan of Dice Clay, The Day the Laughter Died. I, you know, I have that album. I've never listened to it, but I, I keep forgetting about it. But I heard that's great. It's amazing. It's my top three comedy albums of all time. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> so which two of mine are the other two? Uh, I got Medium Energy oh. and From Heaven. What? Wow, you named them. Uh, well, I told you years ago before you liked me at all as a person... Huh? I don't know if we're any closer. Yeah, but uh, I told you years ago that From Heaven was the best uh, title for a comedy album oh, I've thank ever you. heard. Thank you. Um, anyway, so so I go, dude, that's the album. I go, I go, I, that Dice album is awesome, but that's Dice, Dice was bombing on purpose. I was like, nobody ever put out an album of them like bombing because it's a shitstorm. So was that the main album, or is it? I thought that was like a like a bonus track. Jason was like. That's not the album. It's it's an album, but it's not the album. And he goes, I, I got to think about this, man. I, it's Who's not Jason, the album. He's, he's the guy that owns and runs BC okay. Media, which is the label that I did it with. So I was like, all right. The next night, again, it was like it was a fine show, but it wasn't what we needed, whatever. So I left Atlanta. And I went to uh, to uh, uh, do the Moon Tower Festival in Austin. I was driving, and I drove across to Austin. And while I was in Austin, I talked to some comedian friends of mine, and they said, "Dude, if you're coming back through Atlanta, Star Bar Monday nights, you know that's a great show." I go, "Yeah," and they're like, "Let's do your album that night. Like, come back, and we'll we'll get it. We'll redo the album that night." Really? So a few days after, about a week later, week and a half, whatever it was, later, I went back to Atlanta. Went into Starbar on Monday night. These comics promoted the shit out of it. Like, uh, really good buddies of mine, Gilbert and Mike, and a bunch of great guys. This guy, uh, Rodney, down there. They promoted the shit out of it. Packed. It was fucking packed. Like, I don't know, maybe 200 people or something like that. Standing room only. And it was, and we re recorded the album, and it was killer. And then I was like, okay, this is what it should be. Disc one will be. The album that you yeah. expect it to be, and then disc two will be the like complete the disaster rack. thing that you never got to hear. What was, what's the name of the album? You will die. You will die. Oh, that worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so were these people were they just drunk dopes, or were they mean, or were they just? They weren't mean. They were just. They were just, just drunk dope. Like like fifteen minutes into the set. I'm like, can I please have a shot and a beer because this is going to be a long show? And they brought it up, and like one of the things that happens throughout the show is like this girl, these girls in the back yelling at me to do the shot, 
and me repeatedly repeatedly having to be like yeah i mean that's I'll not the way to calm like. the crowd a crowd like that down is to order shots <laughs> <laughs> they're drunk maybe i'll calm them down by ordering a shot like, <laughs> that's like they're like, drooling at that shot well, I mean, you know, it was it was after 15 minutes of this is going to be shit. Right, you kind of knew what you were in for. Huh? Well, and well, yeah, and I that's basically what I say when I order it. But like, here's the thing too: I didn't edit the show at all. Oh, it's beginning to end. It's beginning to end unedited, and I I did an intro on the disc where I explained like I I could have cut this and made it made me look like a genius, made them all look like dopes, but. All the times I fall on my face in this hour, you're going to hear that, too. Like, it's all That's here. That's pretty cool, especially because you, you released it with the other album. I almost wish it was the first disc. Really? I almost do, because everybody, when everybody buys a comedy CD, that's, you're expecting a really nice experience. And when I when people buy it, I always have to say, dude, make sure you listen to the second disc. Make sure you listen to the second Like That's like the special thing on yeah. here. And I feel like a lot of people, especially if a comic how, wants a How copy, did they promote the second disc? Like, I feel like there should be, I imagine a sticker, although no one buys physical copies of anything anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just on it says, includes a bonus disc of Joe bombing. I just called <laughs> it. I just, I just, it doesn't have that sticker on it. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, I just put on the second disc every track is called at the mercy of drunks so it's at the mercy of drunks part one at the mercy of drunks part two so on and so forth so visually i feel like when you see that you're like what's that like mm -hmm. there's something weird about that and then you see that there's an intro and then i think it starts to good out. like response people the reviews are really nice it did really well in sales like it, it was the first time i like a million or two uh six million <laughs> six million that's I a mean, lot for a comedy album six million copies in, in the first week that's just the second disc yeah. <laughs> people just bought this found a way to buy just the second disc yeah it did well man like it did it did well it seemed well received people are gonna yeah, when yeah. they download it and they see one track name for everything they can be like, it's a ripoff, bro. Selling sixty copies of the same track. Well, they're getting, they're getting. It says part one, part two, yeah. part three. They'll, they'll get it. Yeah, they'll see that care. they're getting, you know, twenty seven tracks or something. Yeah, when they download it, I think they're not going to feel. I mean, you know, don't look at the negative here. Yeah, you're, well, this you're is what I do creating, for a living. You're creating problems. Todd. What do you? Uh, so you're doing New Year's Eve shows tonight? Yeah, oh, yeah. No shows tonight. I, I, mean, I even put a plea out on the. Yeah, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to go to a party. Where? Don't worry about it. Celebrity friend's house. Whose house? I'm not going to tell you. Really? You can't? Well, just on the podcast, you can't tell me? I'll tell you later. After. You know, it's not like it's going to be like, you know, I'm going to Mick Jagger's. <laughs> Bowie invited me over. All right. I feel weird revealing someone's name, even though it's not, I'm making so much more of this than it is. Who's, now who's, can I ask you a few questions? Yeah. And is I'll that just, how this works? It's just, there is no rules. There are There's no just, rules. just, we say, we talk. You ask me questions, I cut them out and release the rest of it. <laughs> right, right. You put the towel over the yeah. fridge and hit record. Over, yeah. Uh, who was who your group? Now, because I met you, I mean, you, I was a big fan of yours when I started comedy, and I still am. But my point is, is you were ahead of me in this business for, for a number of years. Like, who was yeah, the... Still ahead of you. Yeah, no, I know. I'm saying like... Still ahead of you. You are. I'm not saying you're... <laughs> You're missing. I just had to jump on that one. <laughs> That's not what I meant by I that. that. I, I meant like you started well before I did and like you're far, far more established. There you go. See, do you like it I like that? I like the way you're talking to me. When you started, I always wonder this with, you know, 
guys that I didn't get to know when, when they were young. Who was the crew? Where'd you start? What was the thing? Where'd you hang? Um, I, you know, I hung out at Catch Rising Star a lot trying to get on. You uh-huh. know, I came here in... After doing comedy in Florida for about a year. Florida, hot scene. It was a hot scene. Was it? Oh, it was a really hot scene. See, this is what I don't know. See, you, got, you have a little prejudice. This is 1987. You could work for two months in Florida. Really? Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Get, I apologize. Yeah. I apologize. I played her like, like when I went on stage, my first time on stage, it was, uh-huh. it was maybe 80, 90 people in the crowd, and it was a real audience. Yeah. It wasn't bringer show. It was... They were there to see a headliner, and then they opened mic beforehand. Isn't that great? I started an open mic in Philly called at the Laugh House. It was hosted by the legendary Wid. Yeah. You know who he prop is? Prop guy. Yeah, the original prop guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I started there every Wednesday night, $5 cover, packed house of real people to watch 25 comics do an open mic. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was I, wish I had the benefit of doing that because yeah. it was right when it was a comedy boom. Right. And people were like, comedy, there's a comedy club in this Howard Johnson's right. hotel. Yeah. And What uh, was the club called? It's called Coconuts. Oh, Coconuts. North Miami Beach. There used to be like seven locations. I remember. Think, just in Florida. So guys would come down and play seven. Like, that would be your job to play Florida for two months telling jokes. And how, how was the scene? I mean, it was, it was booming, but was it a good scene? Yeah, it was really good because it was a club uh, called the Comedy Corner in West Palm Beach. It was also mm-hmm. the comic strip. Yeah. The Florida version of the, the, you know, the same company. And it was like one of the first comedy clubs in the country, I believe. It was in really? Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. So you could bounce around. you do like Sunday at Coconuts, Monday at Comic Strip. Tuesday, Comedy Corner, West Palm. And all these people came through the Comedy Corner. You know, right. I saw Seinfeld there. I saw, um, like, Emo Phillips and all sorts of people. Rich Jenny and... Uh, you, you started in 87. That's the comedy boom time. I, I, told, I just used that term, comedy Yeah, boom. I know. I know. I'm using it again. Yeah. Uh, I didn't boom. know you started that long ago. Yeah. 26 years. 26 years. Oh. See, this is why I choose, I sound like timid and say things in the wrong way when I talk about I'm always scared to say to a guy, man, you, I didn't know you started that long ago, but yeah, I don't I mean it so like. I'm not going to go, it's in a mold. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, guys do that. I know. It's I, really I almost did it right there. <laughs> when did you start? I started about three years ago. I'm just blazing. No, no. <laughs> no, I started, uh, I guess, about 12 years ago. Um, where? Where? Philadelphia. Okay. You just told me that. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right, Todd. Uh, Philadelphia, the Laugh House was my home club. I did about a month, uh, a month or eh, two weeks to a month worth of shows at a local bar before I went to the Laugh House. What was the bar? It was called the New Road Brewing Company and, uh, or New Road Brewery, one or the other. And, um, it was a bar about a half a mile from where I lived. And I would go in there and do uh, stand-up. Um, Did you, like, start a night there? It's a funny story. Oh, good. I like funny stories. Do you like funny stories? Yeah, bring it right. on. True story, funny story. Not that funny. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, uh, we, I, was, I played music. I wanted to be a music. I thought that was what I was going to do. What do you do. play? Piano? Uh, I mainly sang in bands and played really? drums. Yeah, yeah. I played drums too, man. Did you? Boopada, boopada, boopada. There you go. What was that, a paradiddle? <laughs> I'm pure. I'm just pure uh, talent. I don't know the technical lingo. Yeah, yeah. You never put Prime, terms on yeah. it. You just taught it to yourself. So you, played, you were playing music. I was singing in this... I was singing in a band in 
college and then I moved off to Texas and graduated from college or whatever and I went home to visit and my friend from the band I was talking to him he goes let's go to the new road tonight and get drunk I go okay great and I go hey dude there's an open mic there let's get up and play some of our old songs just the two of us and he was like no fucking way dude I'm not doing that and I'm like come on dude it'll be fun we'll just get really that drunk that fun yeah so he's like alright so we go they put us on last we get obliterated drunk right <laughs> we go on stage the, there's actually an audience there and they're obliterated drunk so we start they're not listening to us as we play the songs yeah so we start just riffing these songs about what fucking you know twats they all are and everything and douchebags and everything sorry to use such language yeah, I know on a podcast um, and we just start we just start making fun of the audience and and they started listening to us and they started laughing and then they got really into us and they like just let us do all this extra time and we got off stage and the manager of the bar goes you guys have a great routine <laughs> <laughs> Will you do a comedy night here? And that's how it started. He thought we were comics. And you shit can the, uh, the... No, no. We did it together for a while. We did like weird sketches and stuff together. And then he was like, I don't want to do this. I don't like it. I'm a math teacher. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even say I'm a musician. He said I'm a math teacher. Yeah. Yeah. He really liked being a what math was, teacher. What kind of band was it? It was like a sort of melodic like hardcore band yeah, you know really? like punky hardcore whatever was popular at that time what would time. be a melodic hardcore band The Clash no like uh, like sort of like Into Another or Quicksand or any of those you don't know any of those I don't bands. know Into Another I mean you, oh you know Into Another I don't know. oh you don't are they a hardcore band they're a post hardcore band there was a scene called post hardcore where all the hardcore bands became uh, more melodic harder edged bands and not quite as aggressive as like the New York hardcore was right. and Into Another was one of those bands Quicksand was one of those bands and we were big fans De of those bands were they one of the bands I don't know who that is so, hey, I just have to show you that I don't who's know De Croizen they were a punk band okay um, now I see you have Melissa Etheridge over there oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny I have a there's that one song I like, a Melissa Etheridge. So I think I bought that CD for like nine cents or something. But uh, I'm the only one. Someone, yeah, yeah. someone bought me, uh, or I think I used it in a in a comedy bit on stage. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did. Are these the coconut stages? No, no, no. This was at UCB. <laughs> but someone I noticed on my shelf today is someone bought me a, as a joke a Melissa Etheridge autobiography. <laughs> so it's sitting on my on my bookshelf. And it's really? Like, it was like people must come over. You really read it. You got some interesting things over there. Let's not go. Let's not take a tour of my apartment while we're here. Well, we, can you read this from here? I was looking at it when you were in the bathroom. Oh. Uh, and you had a, you had good some really good stuff, but then you had a few things where I was like, I can't tell if Todd likes this or if he's one of those guys who just never throws a CD away. Well, I'm I am one of those people never, but I also you know I have a wide I have a wider range than I would admit to. Publicly. Okay. Publicly. Like, you know, the guilty pleasure thing. Yeah. And like, you don't want I, me to say anything. No, it's, I don't care. What? Which, well, give me an example. Well, Melissa Etheridge was the yeah, worst. That's a catchy song. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say the worst. It just wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, let's do it. Um, I was surprised by the... Uh, hold on. Oh, my God. This is, I'm getting actually uncomfortable, but let's do it. Are you really? I'm going to follow through with it, though. I'm All gonna, right. I'm going to I'm gonna do something. I'll, I'll feel proud of myself. If I, um... Joe is by my... I have this beautiful metal CD rack that... It is gorgeous. In, in 1998 was ahead of its time. And now... 
Now people just go, why do you have that in your living room? Because it's ridiculous. Um, Macy Gray. Macy Gray. I think I like that one. Well, that was also a time when she was getting a lot of critical acclaim. Sure. So I said, well, you know, expand my horizons. So but she, but that, I can, honestly, I've listened. I know that one song, and I can't sell you one other track on the album. Not that, and it might be a great album. Um... Well, hold on, there was. Oh, this is good. I was missing. I was miss, I'm miss, Hold on, give me. A I minute. don't know if this mic is picking you up, but. Uh, well, you gotta you gotta narrate while I do this because I gotta find. Because like I said, there's good stuff here. But Joe's gonna sift through my 600 CDs to find See? one. What's that one? <laughs> What's that? What is that? Is that? Fugazi album and I was gonna go see and then you got this Fugazi album that's great and I pulled it out and it's something called Thin White Rope yeah that's a hit. People, sack full of silver yeah who is this what is that sounds like Hobbit a, music they're sort of like a post-punk band I think <laughs> look it up look at that picture on the inside I never I don't remember the picture it's them as marionettes I have Fugazi albums though do you yeah they're on my iTunes oh okay alright that's really funny, man. Look, but there you go. You got teenage... 10,000 maniacs. Fugazi shows up to my shows in D.C. Shut up. Yeah, two, a few of them do. Are you serious? Yeah. Which ones? Ian McKay and Brendan, the drummer. And... Really? Yeah. I hate you. You guys are so... See, okay. you got a cool... I'm cool. You have a cool thing. There's a couple comics that have this really cool thing. Like, like you're in this like this like cool club where like Ian McKay shows up and yeah. stuff. Brian Posehn is like really cool He shows people. up at my shows? <laughs> I got to meet Brian Posehn. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, David Cross. Like, there are guys that just have like that, you know, thing. Like, Marin. I want to be one of those guys so bad where like cool people come to my shows. Like, into another, as I said already, one of my favorite bands. I met them after a show and I was like, you should come to my comedy show sometime. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, yeah, all right. They never will. I'll never be you that guy with the band you shows. You gotta follow up. Did Ian McKay just show up at your show? Now or? I'm paranoid that I'm saying his name wrong. Is it McKay or McKay? I don't know. I, I, I thought it was McKay. All right. I'm sure he's not going to be upset if I. He's not at all a uh, super serious guy or anything. <laughs> he's a nice guy. Though. He uh, he seems nice. He seems very serious though. Uh, he's very friendly. Like very like really like yeah like he's there's yeah they're just friendly. I am such a Fugazi fan. <laughs> like very polite and not he's not like punk he's not punk rock in your face when you talk to him. Well, I would hope not. He's I know. like fifty. Who, who, who would be like that? <laughs> who would be like that? I know. Um, I uh, I am I'm such a huge Fugazi fan. See what I'm doing right now? Yeah. Hopefully he listens to this and yeah. like listens to me. Hey Ian, you should check out Joe DeRosa. Thank you very much, Todd. Uh, he the first time I ever met Brian Posehn was I went to see Mr. Show live uh-huh. when I first I was like two months into comedy and I went to see their live tour and Bob. We were standing outside the lobby, and Bob Odenkirk let us into the lobby after the show was over. Like, opened the doors oh, for really? me and my friends. He's like, come on in, guys, if you want to meet us and hang out. Like, because he knew we wanted to meet them. And that's, we went in. That's like stalker avoidance 101 is don't invite people. Into <laughs> don't do what he just did. We weren't stalking, but I know, it was you're nice. harmless. You're yeah, harmless. yeah, I'm a harmless. I was Thanks. masturbating, but he's, I don't know. He yeah, I anyway. was masturbating and had a gun. Yeah, I was licking the gun. Uh, no, but he let us in. He's like, come on in, guys. And it was really nice. And Brian Poussin was there. He was on the tour. And 
we were all like, hey, man. And Brian Bushane was like, man, you're, you're, you're tripping about meeting us. I'm fucking freaking out. Ian McKay's right over there. Oh, really? Yeah. And, like, Ian, like, I guess came to the show. It was in D.C. And he came to the show. He's, he apparently is a really big comedy fan or something. Well, I used to do a joke about Fugazi, but... That's right, and got, you and did. Got, and it got back to them. What was the joke? Oh, I don't want to do the joke. Oh, Todd. It was a joke about how they would charge $6 for their concerts. And I said, there's always... I'm sure that at least one guy in the band is not into that policy. <laughs> the drummer's like, uh, why don't we do seven bucks? That way I won't have a roommate when I'm 53. That's a condensed version of the joke. But then someone from another band that I know knew them and told the guy about the joke. And then, the, you know, the drummer wrote me an email. Like, like that's really funny? Yeah, he said, yeah, I think he said that, yeah, it's actually more like 10 bucks or something. Like he, yeah, that's funny because yeah, I, it was, I, uh, it was a good natured joke. It wasn't a. I used to do a bit about the Insane Clown Posse. Really? Yeah, but my bit went more like, they're the worst band of all time, and uh, I received threats. I was going to say, I would say, <laughs> for the record, that was Joe who said that. I am a tremendous... They, they didn't threaten me. The, I received threats from angry like the fans. The band probably thought it was funny. Well, the best part was their like, mascot guy, this clown... This comic who dresses up a clown, like he dresses up as a clown, and he calls himself Upchuck the Clown. Yeah, he's like their sort of mascot, whatever. And uh, he's the one that got all the. I mean, these guys were really getting hot on me, and he like got them off my back, and was the one that was like, he had a radio show, and he was like, guys, it's a joke, who cares? And then I became like friendly with him, and it was fine. That's cool. But I still never met ICP. Like I've never met they any musicians like in, through, uh... through comedy, huh? Don't they perform? They perform in, in costumes, don't they? Or in masks or something? Or? Clown masks. Clown masks. Okay. God, I feel like I should know more about ICP. Yeah, it's okay. So you've never had, like, you don't have any celebrity uh, fans? Or have you ever I mean, uh, had an, a celeb in the audience? I've only I ever... said celeb. Oh, the, only, the only famous people that, have, that I've ever befriended through comedy are comedians. No, I've never befriended, like... Uh, a famous actor or anything like that. One time, Inspector Deck from Wu Tang Clan was in the audience at the Boston Comedy Club, and he's my favorite Wu Tanger. Mm-hmm. And I bombed so bad that he left during my set. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he doesn't have good taste in comedy, though. Maybe that was good. Maybe if you found out who he really enjoyed comedy wise, you'd be like, oh, okay. Probably not me. Probably not me, I'm assuming, that night at least. Uh- uh, so you going on the road or anything? You got Denver coming up? <laughs> yeah, I got Denver coming up. Are we wrapping up? Is this the wrap? No, no, up? no. I'm just looking. I'm sort of what are you looking at? Wrap. I'm looking at how long we've been talking. How long have we been? Forty six minutes. How's this going? It's going well. Oh, it is. I like the whole thing of you going away. Like you broke, you kind of went outside the box by getting up and walking over to my CDs. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you, how it usually goes, so I hope it's going well. It is going. I'm really well. insecure. Me. I'm um, insecure too. We're all insecure. That's why we do what we do. Right, yes. I so agree. didn't you do like a little uh, small venue tour recently? Like the South or something? I did one. I did one. I guess the last three years I did one a year. Two two or three years I did one a year. Yeah, in fact, the recording of this album was the last one. Where'd you go? I was on. Um, last time I started in the Carolinas, um, I did like Nut Street. In Wilmington, North Carolina, which is a great room, it was a great room. I don't think it's there anymore. Can't close that one. Yeah, um, and then I went down into like Columbus or Columbia, um, South Carolina, Greenville, Asheville. Asheville is becoming 
my favorite city. Asheville's a cool planet. city. I love it so much. It's a cool city. The shows are always amazing. I like North Carolina in general. Raleigh's yeah. really cool. Raleigh's great. Yeah. That's where Good Nights is, right? Yeah. I've yeah. Good Nights. Um, and then I went down to Atlanta, did the Skull for the four nights. And then I went across and did like um, t- uh, Tennessee, Nashville. Did you book this yourself? Yeah. Just yeah. writing to people? They were all guys like, you know, it's it's that circuit is so great down there. It's all pretty much comedian run. Yeah, once you get one, then you can kind of, it makes it easy to go, hey, I'm in Atlanta. Well, they all, every booker from each room and producer and comic, whatever, they would be like, you want to do this one? And they would, oh, they would like, I'd be like, I got to fill in the 13th and the 14th. Oh, dude, I'll hook you up with Kentucky and you oh, go down good. and do yeah. that or whatever. It's always know. like, I, you know, it's nice to have an agent. It's much better. Yeah, but yeah, of course. At the times I have booked a tour myself, I'm like, wow, that's pretty impressive. I lined up that eight shows in a row. Yeah, it's all it's, by myself, all through email. I think it's important to have the balance of both. I think, like, I love having an agent, and I like my agent a lot, and I think he's great at what he does. But I think it's also important for me to, you know, stay focused and involved in a different type of booking. You know what I mean? And then, like, seeing if he can assist with that yeah. with filling in cracks and stuff like that but like you know I don't think it's ever good to be helpless in the sense where you're just like oh I always stay on top of it yeah yeah you don't want to be the guy where it's like I don't know how it works it just happens you yeah. know like that's not good yeah like I know every like I sometimes will talk to people at tour and go where are you staying I don't know Look, how do you not know what hotel you're staying at right they must have told you yeah how did you not immediately go on or, you know, TripAdvisor and look that hotel up. Right, yeah, I know, I know, it's crazy. I can get, I get in their face and angry. Yeah, you beat them. So you going to Dan, do you have anything else booked? Because I think by the time this airs, you're going to be done in Denver. Denver, no. Uh, February, I'm supposed to be up in uh, uh, Seattle at Parlor Live. Uh huh. Um, Seattle's so, good. Yeah. That's actually not, that's more, I think that's in Bellevue. Yeah, it is. So, it is. Where is Bellevue in relation to Seattle? about seven hours from Seattle. No, it's. Uh, <laughs> I think it's just outside of Seattle. Just maybe outside of half, Seattle. I'm guessing a half hour, hour. I don't know. Isn't it funny how... I mean, it's, obviously it's not every club, but it seems like every club is always just outside of the city. I know. There's some, there's some that are right in the heart, though. Some. Punchline San Francisco. Even... I love Punchline San Francisco. I just did yeah. Cobbs. Cobbs. You headlined Cobbs? I co-headlined Cobbs. Yeah. That's a big room. It's gigantic. Yeah, it's, it's the biggest room, I like room it in the world. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> uh, yeah, I co-headlined Cobbs because it's too big. Yeah. Like, Who'd you co-headline? Jay Okerson. We had fun. It was very fun. Cobbs is in a much better location than the punchline. I like the punchline. I prefer the punchline because I like a, the smaller, yeah. intimate aspect of the venue. But Cobbs is in a better location. Yeah. Where else? So you're gonna you're gonna go to where else? What in February you're going to February Parlor Live? I got to be honest, I kind of have things a little loose right now, waiting to see if uh-huh. we get scooped Book up them. again. And then you can, if you have to cancel, you cancel. I canceled a lot. I canceled a lot when I got the first one. Yeah, so you're gonna be like Mr. Cancel. I don't want to. I didn't want to rebook a lot of stuff. When do you find? Canceled. You don't know when you find out about the show. Uh, we'll know soon. We'll know very soon. Do you think you'll find out while you're talking to me? <laughs> and that might have been the call just now. My phone. That could have been ringing. the email I got offering me the job. <laughs> Todd, we have, we have a we have a thought. We think that we. Are <laughs> hey, Todd, do you know Joe DeRosa? 
you might be talking to Joe DeRosa right now. Don't mention this, but we want you, we want you to replace him. Pete's always no, – don't worry about the writing packet. <laughs> now, do you want to keep getting writing jobs? Or is it just like um, something to try? I would like it if this job continued on for some time. Uh, I, this is a, I feel like this job, if, if it becomes a consistent thing, is a really good writing job for a comic because it allows me, A, to get writing and some producing experience uh, under my belt. But also, too, it's the only writing job where you're going to get like as much on-camera opportunity as we that's get. True. And then you get extra money for that. Yeah, like I already do like a recurring bit like that's... <sighs> people really like so it's like you know and then i get to do warm-up stuff and it's like there's just so many aspects to the job do you like living in la so far I had do. you ever lived there before no i never spent more than a week and a half in la before now and now i live there and i was never what area do you live la in? guy uh, los feliz oh nice that's where everybody lives that's where all the comics move to it's nice yeah they call it the brooklyn of los angeles i call it the brooklyn yeah I call it the Brooklyn. Oh, that's, okay. No, no, no. That's don't get me wrong. That's what everybody says. They say Todd Barry calls this <laughs> the Brooklyn of Los Angeles. You should move here. That was the it's broker. It's like Brooklyn if you had to drive everywhere in Brooklyn to get something. Yeah, <laughs> if you had to drive an hour to get a pack of gum. It's like if Brooklyn were like that. That's what. <laughs> you can walk around more in LA than they say. Though I, I've gone there and yeah. rented a car and walked around. It's like Brooklyn, <laughs> except as you walk, there are no stores. And it's just a lot of grass. <laughs> it's like Brooklyn in, in the sense that we wish we were living in Brooklyn. <laughs> but we're trying to rationalize it by saying it's like Brooklyn when it's not at all like Brooklyn. <laughs> but it is nice there. It is. I live near um, I live near the two like main drags of it, like Hillhurst. And, I know uh, Hillhurst, yeah. And the other one is Ver- not Vermont. Yeah, Vermont. It is Vermont. It is. So those are like little walking streets. That's nice. You can get yourself a cappuccino. Yeah, man. They have this great place called Starbucks. And I like to go there. It's really original. Starbucks? Um, There's some other... I got to be honest, man. I I got there on Sunday night. Yeah, you didn't start scouting coffee places. Well, and then I started work the next day. And like for five weeks I worked and then the holidays hit. I've had such little time to like explore my own neighborhood I found a cool thing. I'm making like a list, like okay, you know, on my phone, like remember this place. Gotta That's get cool. the Yelp app, man. I have the Yelp app. I have the Yelp app, yeah. but I like to find it. And That's then... how you find it in the Yelp app. Click, and then you filter it by distance, and then and, you're, and then you're that? like, oh my god, I got this amazing four and a half star coffee place <laughs> that I could just walk an hour and a half to. <laughs> I got my weed card. Oh really? Just because? Why not? I'm not even a big weed guy. I just like you have to get it. You can get it. So you can be a comic who talks about their weed card. Um, I, you know what? The story is so funny, and I don't want to do it on stage because I'm like, it. What comic didn't do a bit about this when they got this weed card? But I mean, it's such ridiculous. The doctor was playing hacky sack out front. Are of you the, serious? I swear to God, that's, that's like something you'd put in a movie, right? Actually, about a guy getting his weed card. No bullshit. I no bullshit. I thought of you. I swear to God, I thought of you because as soon as I saw that, I started like writing the bit in my head, and I was like, "This the punchline I wrote to me sounded so much like a Todd Barry bit." Except I would never get a weed card. You would never get a weed card, but I just pictured you going. I just pictured you going. The doctor's out front playing hacky sack. He said, "Can I help you?" And I said, "He was really out front playing." Yeah, he was out front playing hacky sack, and then I pictured you going. 
Yes, doctor. Could you help me? Could you help navigate me through the biggest cliche of all time? <laughs> I pictured you. Why don't you that. do that? On, why don't you? Uh, why don't you do that on stage? I might, but it sounds so much like you in my head. No, you know that's it, that's your joke. That's your story. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, I don't. I don't know. I might do it. I because I feel it's like it's like. I mean, I don't know. I'm just standing up. You gonna hit me? No. <laughs> it did feel weird when I stood up. I have, uh, like, I have jokes about the airport, but they're like... Yeah, you can do jokes about the airport. I know. But I'm saying, like, they're, like, very personal things I experienced there. So I I don't know if the... I don't know if the weed card experience is personal enough, or if somebody... If 1800 (laughs) Comics have the thing about, like, dude, you go, and the doctor is like... It's like he's a pothead. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. I know. There's that thing where you you tell a joke, where you hear some guy telling a joke, and you're like, oh, here we go. I've heard this. So it's like something triggers it. You hear a weed card, you go, okay, here's a weed card joke. Well, Mr. Show... But there's oh, unlimited... Good. I mean, I feel like there's there's another 10,000 airport jokes to be written. Absolutely. But, it, like, I guess what I'm saying is I feel like my experience, though it was my own, still feel so, felt so cliche right. that I'm like, how many other people had this experience? Yeah, that is the worst when you're on stage and you're like... I don't know if I should be telling this joke. Yeah, you don't like that feeling. You don't like that feeling. Each uh, one of my jokes should be a unique work of art that no one's even considered. And all of yours are. Yeah. I mean, I would when say so. When I do so. those jokes about eating out, I mean, no one's ever done any eating out jokes. Uh, my favorite joke of yours currently, oh. currently, yeah. I really feel like I'm I'm not ball washing you. I just like, really like You already like got the gig. You're on. I like you as a comic a lot. Uh, and a guy. Uh, I like the the water. I don't even know what's that new at this point, but the water with the lemon joke oh, really makes me laugh. That's a new classic of mine. <laughs> what's next for you? Are you going to do a new album soon or something? Oh, I'm, let's not talk about me. All right. I've got stuff in the works. Yeah? I'm going to be on uh, Jerry Seinfeld's web series, The Comedians in Con- Oh, yeah? Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. When are you doing it? It's going to be in January. I'm about to sneeze, and I don't have any tissues, but... Uh, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, I'd like to plug my new album. Your album, which you tell me again. You will die. You will die on iTunes and eMusic and all that. iTunes, Amazon, I believe eMusic, uh, and I have a podcast coming out that's going to start. I think February. Yeah. I think. Yeah. What's that called? Do you have a name for it? I think I'm going to call it Down with Joe DeRosa, but I don't know. I, don't I like know. that. Do you like that? Yeah. It's it's. I felt like it was simple and it made sense. Why are you waiting till February? Well, when I get back in January, I plan to start doing the episode, recording episodes. Okay. And do you want to talk about the podcast before you go? Well, it's going to be a one-on-one. Um, I, I started that. What did you say? I started, you started the one on one. I did the first one on one. You did the first one on one. Yeah, really. I'm the first guy to do a one on one. I, I didn't know that. You want to hear a funny podcast story? Yeah, I, I say funny story. It's not funny. It's just a story just that's diving. relevant. I almost rented Mark Maron's apartment from him in Queens when he had an apartment in Queens years uh-huh. ago. I was in his fucking kitchen as he was telling me about the apartment. And his phone rang, and he goes, "Hold on a second. I got to check this." I got to see who called. Somebody left me a voicemail and he goes, sorry, I, I'm starting this podcast and I'm calling all my buddies to see if they'll be on it and stuff. And he goes, I don't know, man. Like it's, I, I think it could be good. Like I just, I feel like a podcast could be a good thing to do. <laughs> I swear to God. That, that reminds happened. me of, uh, I, I was in Australia and I ran it. You know, Greg Barrett? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And he's like, uh, I go, what have you been up to? And he's like, uh, I just wrote this book. It's coming out. Okay, cool. What's your book? It's called, uh, he's just not that into you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, good luck with that. And then um, a few months later, I'm in San Francisco and I'm flipping around the channels and I see him sitting next to Oprah. <laughs> like, Jesus Holy Christ. Shit. It's Jesus. just weird when you hear someone like tell you the, the germ of an idea. Well, well, I guess that's more of a germ, but more than a germ of an idea. But I was in front of the comedy cellar one night with Ben Bailey. And I go, what's going on? And he goes, he goes, I booked a couple of gigs this week. And I go, what did you book? And he goes, I got a reoccurring part in a soap opera. That's pretty cool. Like, like Is that true? He was just, he was like a cop that, but he got, it was like a four episode yeah. arc or something. I was like, oh, that's great. And he goes, yeah, man, I get to act. It's really cool. And I go, what else? And he goes, I booked, I booked this game show pilot. And I was like, what's that? And he's like, I drive a cab around. <laughs> I quiz people. And I was like, what? And he's like, Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. And I once like, ran into him on the street, and he was driving. Like he's like he's like, "Hey, you need a ride?" <laughs> and his super rigged uh, cab was there. He won an Emmy for that show. Did he really? Yeah, I like Ben. I, I like love that, that show. Was kind of fun to watch too. It's yeah, just so simple and it's so well. Like you said, the German, the idea, him telling me that idea, I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And then when you see it, you're like. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. So. So your album, You're Gonna Die. My album, You're Gonna Die. My new podcast. My podcast, possibly called Down with Joe DeRosa. Maybe that's the German. Maybe this is a German yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. In two years, we'll be like, you're gonna be remember like a, that? You're like, I, change, you change your number. Um, I think that's about it. Denver. You got it. Oh, I never, I never mentioned. I meant to mention this at the beginning. I you know I followed you on Twitter today. Uh-huh. I go, oh God, I should be following him. He's going to be my guest. Then I saw that you weren't following me, and I was just like, how could he not be following me? <laughs> <laughs> I followed you right back. I know you did, but it's just it's just well, I'm a fucking superstar, and like, how could he not be following me? I swear to God, when you followed me, yeah. I looked at your thing and I thought, how could I not be following him? I thought I was following like you. You're following like 346 people. I was like, I'm not in the. I'm like an icon in the world of show. I'm joking. I thought I was following you already. That's that was right. a big guy. Uh, that was a big Twitter get for me. I was excited that you started to follow. Really? Me. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, it felt weird not following you and then having you in my house doing my podcast. Well, yeah. What's your website? JoeDeRosaComedy.com Brand new website I looked at it There's a lot going on there There's Very flashy Very colorful Yeah this Someone do it for you? My friend uh, My friend uh, uh, Neil did it for me And he did a really nice job Yeah he did uh, There's a lot So check that out It's been revamped Everything you need The podcast will be there And everything Joe DeRosa Comedy Thanks Joe Thanks Todd We'll see you later Alright everyone That was Joe DeRosa Recorded on New Year's Eve I don't know why I'm making a big deal about that. It just sounds intriguing, right? Some upcoming stuff for me. I'm going to be on uh, Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. I think my episode will be on this site January 23rd. But there's other episodes in the new season you can watch now. It's a funny show. This weekend, the 10th through 12th of January, I'll be at the Riot Fest in Los Angeles. 17th and 18th, Comedy Spot in Sacramento. The end of February, 
last weekend in February, I'll be in, um, where is that place? Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut at Comics at Foxwoods. March 7th and 8th, I will be in Grand Rapids for Gilda's Fest. And I'll have other dates added soon. Toddberry.com, at Toddberry. On Twitter, go to feralaudio.com for many podcasts, including this one. Thanks. See you soon. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.